Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to a brand new episode of the TAT Pod. I'm your host, Ben, and joining us just in the nick of time before the introduction for the uh, the video finishes is my good friend, Mike. How are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm good, mate. Nick of time, yeah, as, as close as I could have got. I worked the 9-5, I then tutored, and I've made Boy, it here bro. with a minute late, but we're here. <laughs> ah, bro, uh, the work rate doesn't stop, and uh, obviously me and you no, have no. kept it going along with others, boys. it has been me and you for most of it, so uh, I, I obviously appreciate any single moment you spend with us on, <laughs> on uh, this channel, mate. So it's um, so always good to see you, mate. Um, smash the likes, guys. If you're watching it on YouTube, obviously if you're on Twitter, drop it a little retweet. Why not? Give it a like. But get on YouTube because you can comment on here. We can see, we can talk to you and have a proper conversation. So, um, I would recommend coming on YouTube if you aren't watching it on Twitter. And of course, without any further ado, we have to uh, shout out our channel sponsor, which is your foot card. Use TAT Pod at the discount um, section at the end when you've made your order, and you can get fifteen percent off. Those make great Christmas presents for the young ones uh, this Christmas. I say young ones; I've got one of these, and I'm I'm twenty six. So, um, yeah, um, anyone of all ages can get involved in this as long as you like Ultimate Team or FIFA or just like football in general. Yeah, they make a very very good gift. So, fifteen percent off using TAT Pod. At checkout, but Mike, three goals, three points, a clean sheet. What are you saying, mate? This lineup comes out. I'm assuming from what I heard on the TAT uh, space at full time, there was a bit of discourse um, surrounding this lineup. And for me, we've always said, mate, you don't moan about lineups before the game started. You moan yeah. full time if there's reason to moan. When this lineup came out, admittedly, I did look at it and think if we're going to drop points at home, it's probably going to be with this midfield. But, um, <laughs> Three goals, a clean sheet, and three points, mate. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I didn't get a word in edgeways on on that those spaces. I never do. <laughs> I sort of just uh, I sit and nod along. But uh, yeah, listen, I I think when that lineup came out, when we seen the bench and we realised Canati and Gomez were injured, I think we realised it's it's the only lineup we could put out. Really, wasn't it? There, there wasn't really another option. Maybe you could say Diaz in, but with what he he's had for the last couple of weeks, you know. He does his best if he just gets a bit of a rest. Uh, but hey, guys, to those who just commented, by the way, I hope you guys are all well. Make sure you smash that like button, all right? Um, but yeah, I think the nerves were around Endo and Simakas. You know, if we let, let's not beat around the bush, that's where the nerves were. Uh, but I mean, I'm not sure about you, but you know, I wasn't too upset with it. Absolutely not, mate. Um, I say nervous, not because I don't really trust these guys. I do. We've seen Gakpo in midfield before. Endo, I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as people make out. No. I just know Brentford can, if we're not at 100%, 
be very dangerous. You know, we've seen it, uh, the free all a couple of seasons back. They obviously beat us at their ground. Um, so there's been a couple of times in recent, you know, in the last couple of seasons where they have caused us a lot of problems. So I, I just knew that these are a kind of team where if we've not got the midfield out that, you know, can get the job done, they, they could cause problems. But um, it wasn't... Yeah. It was 3-0, we got a clean sheet and we won the game, but I think there's a few moments we need to talk about because it wasn't necessarily yeah. um, as easy as the scoreline suggests at times. I think we thoroughly deserved the, the the win, of course. We got the three goals and let's not forget, we, we did get two goals ruled out as well. So on another day, it could have been a 5-0 win. <laughs> um, but yeah, to start off, Mike, it seemed a bit of a, a basketball game and it was Alison Becker who had to um, be on his toes, as he always is, when Mbwemo finds himself one-on-one and if that goes in, mate, at nil-nil, it's a completely different story, isn't it? Yeah, no, w- without a doubt. I think when that ball gets played over, Trent's positioning is potentially a little bit questionable. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's the last man back. It's always not It's not going to be the easiest thing to defend the ball over the top in that situation. Uh, and Buemo takes it down brilliantly well, and I don't think he did anything wrong with the way he's tried to finish it. But Alisson Becker in one-on-one situations is probably one of the few, if not the only keeper on the planet, where he makes it a 60-40 in his favour in a one-on-one. I don't know how he does it. He's not the tallest. He's not the widest or most imposing, but he makes himself so in those situations. And yeah, absolutely astounding goalkeeping uh, in that moment. And that's why we paid the money we did for him. And not for the not for the first time, uh, I think he is the, one of the big reasons why we walked away with three points. Absolutely, mate. Spot on. And Luke says, um, to bounce back like that after Luton and Toulouse was brilliant, a very more sturdy and well-rounded performance. Yeah, I think that was the most important part. And we'll get on to sort of rounding everything up um, towards the end of the, the stream. But it was so important today to get a win. You know, we couldn't go into the November international break on the back of a, a draw to Luton, a loss to Toulouse, and either a draw or a loss at home to Brentford. It would have just... At all the good stuff we've done this season so far, so for me, it would have undone a lot of it. You know, those three games, you're looking at that and you're thinking, realistically, it should have been nine points out of nine. We're a far better team, obviously, than Luton Town. Obviously, away from home is always going to be trickier. Um, to lose, I get it, second string team sort of thing. Uh, it's away, European atmosphere. To lose, going to play like a poor performance just overall. Poor performance as well, yeah. Uh, but today, home at Brentford, you've got the opportunity from the home fans yeah. to uh, put things right ahead of an international break. And again, we'll get on to rounding things up a bit, but just jumping the gun. Obviously, City drop points today, which now means we're only one point behind them going into second. So we'll touch more on that a bit later on, but I absolutely agree with everything you've said there. Um, Ethan, and we'll get on to Darwin as well, but Ethan says Darwin did everything right except from the score. Absolutely. He should have walked off with a brace and absolutely deserved to spot on. And Craig says, Endo isn't that guy. He looks weak and gives the ball away too much. Let's talk about Endo now, Mike, because right. after the... Um, the Allison save, it was very scrappy. It was a bit more end-to-end. But I feel, again, and this ain't just at you, Craig, I feel like this endo stuff has gone a little bit. And tell me if I'm wrong, Mike. I think it's a bit over the top. Oh, okay, not so, saying he's amazing and he's the best yeah. in the world or anything like that. I'm just saying I didn't see endo's performance today as bad as what a lot of people on social media are saying. Yeah, listen, I, th- I think with endo, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and approach this neutrally. I think, yeah. listen, I... I I, I don't think he is by any means a star boy. You know, it's, it's nothing no. like that. I think he ha- did not play well against Toulouse. He had a very bad performance there. I think Simicast did as well. Um, but away from that, I wouldn't say he's really had many bad performances. I think he's put in a fair amount of average performances. I'd probably say he's had one, maybe two decent to good. Today, I thought he was 
a little bit above average. I thought he did his job relatively well. And I know th- people then throw out the, uh, well, how many jewels did he win? You know, he's only won two out of his last 12 or two out of his last 14, if I'm right. But I think when I looked at his game today, he reminded me very much of sort of a Lucas Lever kind of situation where he was able to commit about, or he could mostly commit about six or seven fouls. But he did it in a way which was stopping motion of their attack. It was stopping them yeah. moving forward and progressing, which is what a good defensive midfielder does. Like a good defensive midfielder doesn't go a whole game without committing a foul and just breaking up play perfectly. I've never seen a defensive midfielder do that. Christ, we had Fabinho for four or five years <laughs> committing about 10 fouls a game and not getting a yellow card. Like it, it's, it's, it was a good performance from him in the second half. I thought in the first half, he wasn't great. He looked a little bit off the pace. Uh, but second half, I thought he was really good. Um, I did. I thought he progressed the ball very well. I thought he kept everything ticking over. He broke up play in a couple of different moments. He won headers against lads uh, uh, twice his height. Um, yeah, I thought he put in a, a solid second half performance. I, I don't think he's this awful midfielder, but every every fan, for some reason online, needs a scapegoat. And there are certain... There are certain social media individuals with large followings that know how to get engagement and they obsess over certain players. Some obsess over Jones, some obsess over Endo, and they know it gets engagement. And whatever it is, fair enough, man, do what you want to do. But I feel like the issue is, is because of their large following, they can cultivate a mentality, an idea, an opinion that isn't really reflective of the reality that we're in. Mm. Um, you've seen that. I've seen that with Gomez. And I've seen that with Matip. Thankfully, people have moved aside. I've seen that with Robertson. Thankfully, people have moved aside. I've seen that with Nunes. Thankfully, people have moved aside. And now we have it with Endo and Simicast. And the Simicast one, you can I still think he's an okay backup left back that's just out of form. And I think we've seen a good side of him today. And Endo is just a third choice, fourth, fifth choice midfielder that is in there yeah. to do a job. He's not a starter and he knows that. But I don't know. And I think that's that, that's the issue, Mike. I think people have sort of misprofiled what Endo is and why we signed him. You know, yeah. if you think that we signed Endo to go on and be our DM for the next three, four years, completely fine with, you know, the meltdown and the criticism of yeah. the signing. But if you're level-headed and sensible and you just use your brain just a little bit and you realise that, okay, this club may have got things wrong in the past in the market, but they're not idiots, then you'd know that Endo... He's there, first of all, because we lost five midfielders in the summer. You can't just replace them with three that are going to start. You need more bodies. Obviously, yeah. Saf and Besetic, they probably knew deep down after he, he went down, I think it was in around February, March time. Yeah. This is going to be a long time before we get him right. So mm. that's another player down. Thiago's made a glass. So that's another player down. So if you can't land your Kaiseros, you can't land your Lavias. You're not just going to not bring anyone in and say, okay, no. we'll use McConnell or whoever the midfielder is. No, because we did that with our centre-backs, Ben. Ben, because we did exactly. that with our centre-backs and everyone then lost their mind. And I'm not on about when we went for Van Dijk. I'm on about mm. when we lost Lovren. And everyone, mm-hmm. and then it was a case of we didn't have the right body. We'll wait till next summer. We'll wait till January. We did that with Bellingham. And then we were short a midfielder. I've got yeah. no issue with the signing endo. It made sense. He is the Milner role. He is meant to be in there when we need a body to cover a position or to play in the cup games. He's not put a foot wrong in the cup games, except for the Toulouse game where everyone was poor. Issue is, is when everyone's poor, sorry, um, people only seem to target certain players. People talk about the duel issue, you know, not winning duels in the last game. It was all at Endo and Simakas. But McAllister, Stobosly, you know, players in that game didn't win anything either. They were poor. But it doesn't fit agendas. It doesn't fit narratives. It's it is what it is. People want to talk about what they want to talk about, and that's fine. And 
spot on, Mike, first of all. And what we'll say on the back of that, just moving as we move on from Endo, is I'd like to think we are going to get somebody else for a DM next season or in the January window, whenever it will be. So if and when yeah. that happens, right, we've then got an adequate backup. We never had yeah. a backup for Fabinho. And correct me if I'm wrong. We never really had a backup that can come in for the odd game here and there. It was no. usually Henderson or in the early... No, we didn't have... I was going to say Emre Chan, but he'd gone by the time Fabinho Yeah, no, he'd gone. Talking. Yeah, we will make sure... Yeah, yeah, we, we never had a backup. So what I'm saying is, if and when we do go and get the, the next number six, we've got we've got two then. So yeah. that's what it is for me. You've got to sort of remember what Endo is, his ability, why they signed him. And I just refuse to believe that the club and the people that are making these decisions are naive enough to think that's that's that done then. Yeah, Endo bro. done I'm for five years. He's 31 at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Let's move on then quickly to the Mo Salah goal. Um this was one of my favourite goals of the season. The way this was worked, it was beautiful. Mm. So Matic wins the ball back and then just gives it to Sobersly, who lays it off to Trent. Trent plays a lovely ball through to Nunes, who lays it off to Salah, who slots it home. And um, yeah, just three of my favourite players in, in, in the squad linking up. Well, four if you include yeah. Sobersly, but just a really good goal, mate. It gave me really good vibes. It just made me think that these guys are clicking. Yeah, no, it felt like, to be honest, it reminded me a lot of, like, kind of how we used to be with, like, Firmino, Salah, uh, and Mane, just in terms of the quick link-up, I guess. Like, okay, we get the ball, feed it straight to the forward. You know, little layoff to Salah, classic Salah goal in terms of just opens his body up and pops it in the corner. Um, I think the defender could have done better a little bit. He didn't really feel like he wanted to put his foot out for that, but it is what it is. I'm not here to talk about them. <laughs> I know I, lo- I love to talk about opposition teams, don't I? But um, but no, it was a lovely finish by Salah. And, and that was his 199th, wasn't it? 199? Yeah. And then the next one was number 200. That's it, yeah. I was going to say, I think he got 200 today. but He did. It was that little one, easy yeah. header. Um, but yeah, I mean, great moment. It was coming uh <laughs> boy was it coming uh that was right after two disallowed goals as well for Nunes poor fella but they were correctly yeah, disallowed overhead kick that got disallowed by the way devastated yeah. <laughs> Imagine the time both, both of them yeah absolutely um and I think it's important to remember as well Darwin Nunes has seven got seven goals seven assists now for Liverpool since he signed for his last season um and they've all been to Mohamed Salah so there's a bit of a if you play ultimate team a little bit of a green Green link up here and there with um uh those two guys. It seems like they've got a good understanding. Definitely. And um yeah, I think this is uh, again just moving on to Darwin Nunes. This is an um another example of the things that he's he's doing this season, which people said were missing last season. I think it was can't remember, was it Luke that said it? No, it was Ethan said Darwin did everything right except from score. He should have walked off with a brace and absolutely deserved to spot on. Yeah. Even his work rate, his ethic today, just how he flipping commanded himself around that final third. He was on the left wing, he was on the right wing, he was up front, he was pressing. He was every time we had the ball making really good runs. He yeah. was everywhere. And Mike, if he plays like that and he doesn't score, I don't even mind. As long as we win the game, I don't yeah. care. Exactly, no. And there was a lad on Twitter that I normally disagree with. Uh, he seems like a nice lad, I just disagree with him normally. And he put out a, a really good point. And it was like a lot of people question sometimes why Liverpool fans believe in Nunes. Uh, you know, you look yeah. at his misses against Luton. But the performance today is exactly why he's just endeared to all of us. You know, we, we, we love him so much. And you go into Anfield and you, the Nunes chant is chanted more than Salah's song is sung. He's you know? infectious. He's just so infectious. It's the passion. Mm. I remember today he won the ball back 
he like shoved the player off the ball oh, the and went out. And yeah, yeah. And he started hyping the crowd up straight after. Mm. And it's that kind of passion, that kind of just raw passion. It's, it's infectious. Yeah. You can't get over it. And I think you match it with his work rate. And when he scores a goal, it feels like you scored the goal. It's it's one of those, man. He's one of those players. And uh, yeah, a great performance today. A really great all-round performance from him. Yeah, and a few moments later, mate, was in again uh, to try and make it two. Uh, Trent, again, played a really good ball over the top to Mo Salah. Unfortunately, it was on Mo Salah's weak foot first time. Yeah. And more often than not, that's not going to go in the back of the net. Um, <laughs> but again, Mike, it was just another example. And I think this is something I mentioned as well earlier on that I think today what I was impressed with is, and to be fair, we, we did this in other games as well, but again today, even when the goals got ruled out and chalked off for the AR for whatever reason, we didn't take any like, you know, we, we didn't stop. We didn't think, oh, you know, what, no. it might not be. We just carried on going. We grounded them yep. down time and time again. Trent, really good today. I, look, there's been this whole thing on, again, on social media about can he play there? Can he play there? Should he go to right back? Should he do this? Should he do that? I think Trent was brilliant today. I thought he played yep. three or four fantastic balls into the box. And on another day, mate, he probably walks away with multiple assists again. And I said, I said the same thing the other week as well. Um, so I'm not looking at numbers with Trent because if you do look at that, you probably see his assist tally and you think that's not really good enough for Trent's standards. He should be getting at least five by now, probably. But when I watched Trent and I watched him today, and I'm not saying he's been like this every single game. He hasn't. There has been games where I thought, you know what, he was a bit, um, he was ineffective there. But today, strictly speaking for this game, I thought Trent was very, very lively. Yeah, no, I, listen, I've been critical of Trent. Well, not hypercritical, but critical, because I think we all yeah. we all want what's, well, I sound like parents when I say, we want what's best for him. <laughs> but like, I, I, Trent's one of those players where because he's from Liverpool, he's from the city, he's been at the club for so long, we just want so much from him, you know, and because he's achieved so much at such a young age and had so many of these special moments, I, it almost feels like we sometimes maybe we we want too much from him. Um, he's made people think getting 15 assists at right back is like a thing that should happen every single season. Yeah, and and, just, and, that's just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> and, and also, I think you know, the, the, there's a commentary about oh, he needs to be a fullback more, he needs to invert yeah. less, and that isn't him making that decision, that no. is a tactical decision from Klopp. Mm-hmm. And if so, if you critique that, you critique Klopp, which is fine because you can do that. But people mm-hmm. talk about it like it's a Trent decision, um, yeah. which is something people need to. I feel like sometimes we get lost in the players are doing what they're told here, and if they weren't, they wouldn't be playing. Um, you know, Klopp's shown that before. So, you know, and I think like I like him in the inverted role. I do like him out on the right hand side, of course. I think he can. We've seen some great moments from him there. Yeah. I think he's learning the role this season. I, I, that's what it feels like. It, I don't feel like we're going to see the best of him in this role until maybe the second half of the season. Because each game, I feel like he's developing it. You know, he, he's learned he he's learning to be in the middle and when to pick the Hollywood pass, if you want to call it that, um, and when not to. Uh, but I think you you put him alongside McAllister in this double pivot kind of situation in transition, and there's a lot to enjoy there. And I think it gives us a lot of control in games at home. I think you've seen that today. We had a lot of control today. Um, mm. I think it's beneficial. Absolutely. And guys, I can see comments. Absolutely. We will talk about these topics. I've got them on my notes. We, there's a big, big segment on the captain. We will get to him. Uh, we're just trying to do it in order of the game. And then, yeah, we'll talk on individual performances at the end. So make sure you stick around, guys, and we will get your comments up. Um, 100%. Trent is, for me, he's that good at the game. 
Um, wherever you play him, I think he'll do a job in some capacity. He might not do it as as good as what he does at right back, or he might not be as effective as he is at right back. But I just think when you're naturally that gifted and good at the games as Trent is, I, I don't really mind. But I, I do get it. I do want to see him at right back, putting balls back into the into the box and linking up with Salah a bit more and stuff like that. But um, we're winning. Well, we won today. We hadn't been winning before, but <laughs> we're second in the league. Yeah, it, it, it's not seemed to have been a detriment to us. So um, yeah. until it is, then you know maybe I I will join that. Oh, we shouldn't. He shouldn't invert trade. Yeah, I I, I think the only me. thing that sticks out to me is like defensively this season we've been a lot better. There is a lot of reasons for that. By no means is it just the system, but the system has helped yeah. us defensively be better. Statistics prove that. Um, now yeah. don't get me wrong, we were very poor last season after twelve games. I don't argue that. But also after twelve game, after fifteen or so games last season, things didn't also look as awful as we thought. This season, it feels a lot more confident. We feel like we're in a solid position. Um, I think a large part of that comes from the solid, the, the, the solid structure that we've built defensively that we are still building on each game. Um, so, mm-hmm. and you got to think we're missing our partnership to Van Dijk and our starting left back, and we're still keeping clean sheets. So, there's a lot of positives to take there. 100% mate and that brought us to half time and I think it shortly after half time um, was the old end of VAR red card and I, I tweeted as soon as this went to VAR yeah. honestly I'm not joking I swear to God if this is giving us a red card then I am washing my hands with the sport I'm, <laughs> I'm logging out of Twitter I'm done because if that was a red card Mike the game is just gone you can't go in for 50 50 crunches anymore like okay he didn't get the ball it's a foul it's a yellow card and that's all it is um they've both gone in for the ball unfortunately endo's caught the other the other man guess what football's a contact sport it happens things are going to happen doesn't mean every time studs hit a bit of a shin or something like that it's going to be a red card Um, yeah so thankfully Thankfully for me, unfortunately for you guys, I'm still here. I can still live another day. I can still keep going to games. I can still tweet about football. I watched that absolute unreal game at half past four today. One of my, the best games I've watched in a long, long time. Game get on to that again. 100%. Yeah. That would be hard to top. Um, but yeah, I'm still here because it wasn't a red card. And Mike, thank God, uh, common sense prevailed. And yeah, and, and I mean, listen, VAR is VAR is what VAR is. I, you know, I could talk about that for ages, but we're all done to death talking about it. The pinnacle of VAR happened during the uh, during the Chelsea game, where Harlan scored, and they spent five minutes checking if it was a handball. <laughs> and he, he, the ball had pretty much already crossed the line and slightly <sighs> tapped his elbow. Harland was in the goal at that point, and they spent five minutes checking that. I said at the time, I was like, if they rule this goal out, then don't get me wrong, I will laugh because it would be hilarious. But the sport's just gone. Like to even and you've got to think, think it's your team there. on that receiving end. Oh and my god, you'd lose your mind. Like exactly. imagine if we're playing City and we get done for that. Oh my god, it, Twitter yeah. would be on fire. But it, it it is what it is. Listen, the endo situation. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't the cleanest tackle on the planet. It was a fifty-fifty. I don't think it was a. I don't even think it was a foul personally, but that's that's on that's me. It's just a um, cruncher. That's all it is. Yeah, he's, crun- he's crunched him. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like it didn't it didn't look comfortable but it wasn't a season ender it wasn't mad and yeah people do what people do so people take a picture of like the worst possible moment (laughs) and then they go oh clear red live our pool this one that happened four weeks ago to john mcginn it wasn't a red car yeah yeah exactly yeah oh no it was a red car so why is it different for endo because he plays for (laughs) liverpool the media darlings oh the media darlings yeah we've not been on i'm not even going on it i'm not doing it 
But yeah, it's all <laughs> lunacy. It's it's all it's all lunacy. Thankfully, it wasn't a red. Uh, we've had enough reds this season, mate. I don't think we need any more. Yeah, I mean, McAllister wasn't even on in the squad today, but that was because of yellow cards. But I don't yeah. know what I mean enough suspensions, enough reds, enough yellows. I do. Yeah. I did say in the last game, to be fair, I want us to be be a bit more mean and aggressive. And Endo, so I think he must have watched the pod because he definitely was mean and aggressive today. So uh, Endo, you if you're go. watching this. Come on the pod next Latoro, time. We'll, Latoro, uh, we love you, mate. Latoro, we love you. Uh, we'll have a space for you. Um, 62nd minute, mate. We double our lead. Yeah. And a young, uh, well, not young, the Greek Scouser, um, the man that I have deemed not good enough for this team. And I, look, I, I apologize. I'm change my opinion. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm not going to change my opinion because of one semi good game, right? He was good today. And he got more, he's got over more assists this because... season than Sobersly. Yeah, but people are going over the top because he got two assists. One was a really good ball. We kept it in, and it's a great ball to the back post to Salah. Fantastic. This one was a five-yard pass. Like An assist to this. Uh, you're not it. taking anything away from Diogo from that goal. That was all him. Um, but look, I'm not going to discredit Simikas. He was good today. Um, I think there's a couple of moments in the first half, I think, where he wasn't. And I think there was a few times where he was just urging him to get the ball in on his left foot first time, like Robertson would do. Yeah. But then you've got to think, and this is what we've said, you've got to sort of adjust your mind. He's not Andy Robertson. And this no. makes you appreciate how good Robertson is and how good he still is, despite what people will try and tell you. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, off the back of the, the Luton game and the Toulouse game, it was a bit harsh because my head was hot. And when you do get caught out um, in possession on the ball and we concede from it, obviously everyone's going to be angry at him. Yeah. But if he can play like he did today more often, that would be very nice. And then... Yeah, I'm sort of not happy to have him start these games, but I would be a bit less concerned about him. Yeah, listen, I, I said to you last week on the pod, I think he is a man out of form. I think he is a man that needs a run of games and a bit of confidence. The performance he put on today was the performance that he has put on for us many times in the past, where it's not a brilliant performance. It is a decent, solid left-back performance. Defensively, he was solid. Going forward, he was decent. Yeah, he got two assists. One, like you said, Jota did, Jota did all the work. <laughs> but he was pretty good down the left-hand side for the most part. He put a couple of good balls into the box. I think when you're coming up, I think to lose midweek was the low point for him as a player at Liverpool. I think that was his worst performance in a red shirt. Judging off his post-game interview today, I think he recognises that himself and he knows what he's capable of. We've got City next. After watching his performance today, I would... Personally, I would start him left back, Joe Gomez right back. That's what I do. I don't know what I do with Trent. I just, just don't know yeah, where I want. Where's he playing? Because I've need said him that. City, but, I've know. said that. Then I go. Then I go. Yeah, I need Trent to start. But I wouldn't start Joe Gomez left back. Is what I'm trying to say. I would start Simicast purely because of the width aspect. When we start Joe Gomez left back and Trent right back, we have no width. Mm. Simicast today added much needed width on the left hand side. And we're going to need that against City. You look at the City-Chelsea game today, the amount of width, the, the, how narrow City defends. Sterling destroyed them. Best Sterling performance I've seen in years. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but they they had so much ability on the wide areas. Rhys James bombing forward on the right-hand side. Um, that's where they were. Cucurella, uh, Cucurea, rather, on the left-hand side as well. That's where they got in behind City. That's where the space is with City. Yeah. So that's what we need to exploit to do that. We need width. That's why we're going to need Jota 
or Diaz push wide. We need Salah wide. We need Simakas bombing on behind. So he needed this game today. I'm glad it went well for him. Hopefully he turns up at the Etihad as well. Absolutely. And that is Salah's, um, he's gone into double figures now and we're only at the start of November. So I don't know the maths, uh, but I would say he probably is on course to get his 25, 30 goals, which he normally gets. So, um, yeah. He's de- yeah, he's definitely going to get another 15 at least. So that would be easy 25. 30, I think he's looking good for. Um, any Anything more than that would just be a joke. Um, but that's 15 home games now consecutively. He's got a goal contribution, in, which is just nuts. I Joined don't think he's ever... Cheering. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a player be more consistent at Anfield than him. That goes for anyone. In terms of performance? Just, just in terms of getting, like, just... I, look, I always have to remember how good Stevie G was, right? And he, he literally made me fall in love with the game. I met the bloke. It's yeah. the best moment of my life. Sorry to any family members that are watching this that have had significant moments with me. Meeting Steven Gerrard was the it was the pinnacle of 26 years of living. Um, I really thought that when I came on the pod in May, that's what I was <laughs> um, But, and there is a but, and I... I the, it's really hard because they're completely different players. Mo Salah's played in the greatest Premier League teams we've had. Steven Gerrard played with absolute joss for a n- number of years. So based on that, I'd still say Gerrard's our, our greatest ever Premier League player. But in terms of just like goals, assists, goals... It's getting assists, harder no, and harder to yeah, say. It, yeah, It's getting harder it, and harder not to say it. Salah is, is, is too minimum. Sign the extension, man. Like if he signs the extension and he's here for another couple of years, he will take that spot. Which is insane because I never thought a p- player would take that spot as the best Premier League Liverpool Liverpool's best ever Premier League player. I definitely could argue you, with it, especially if he wins another title. If he easy, <laughs> I'll see. Stay yeah, but, yeah, stay tuned. We'll get onto the. Blah, I hate every week, <laughs> every, every single week, man. You you make me out to be like Roy Keane when it comes to this. I swear to no, God. No, 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 no. This I feel like this one could be different, but um, you're not going to change your mind. But I'm going to try no, and convince you. I, I certainly won't. You can try and change my mind, buddy. But yeah, listen, Salah is Salah. I pray he signs an extension. If he signs an extension, it'll be a great day. Him and Klopp, uh, Klopp included on that as well. Let's see how it goes. But yeah, mate, I, he's on track for another great season. I think. If we go far in every competition, he keeps up his form. He could be in for maybe his third best season statistically at Liverpool. I don't think he's going to reach. How many times has he hit 30 goals in all comps? Is it three times? Let me get the stats up. I believe it was 17-18, he got like 40-odd. 44, I think he got. Then 18-19, I think he he took a dip. Obviously, you you can't replicate that. Um, I'll tell you right now. Keep talking. I'll get this up. And then I think 1920, he might have got around 25. 2021, the COVID season, I, people seem to have this thing that he wasn't great that year, but I remember he got at least 30, I believe. And then the season went for the quad again, I think he got 30. So I think that's three 30 goals already. Okay, so his first season with us, which was the 17-18 season. 44. He knocked it out, 52 games, 44 goals, 16 assists. So that was 60 goal contributions in 52 games. That is insane. 18-19. When this loads. Ah, 60 goal contributions in 52 games is unreal. His second season, he got in 52 games again, he got 27 goals and 12 assists. Uh, You can do the math on that. That's 39 um, goals and assists in 52 games. 
his third season. So 27 goals was the second. His third season, he got 23 goals and 13 assists in 48 games. So 27 is the second highest at this point. 2021. What year was that? Was that okay? That was 2019-20. So the year won the yep. league. Yeah, I remember he did take a bit of a dip, but he still yeah. played well. Yeah. Then his fourth season with us, he got 31 goals in 51 COVID games. Season. COVID season, only six assists that season, and that's when everyone thought Imani had beef. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was 31 goals. So that's the second highest at this point. So we got 44, 31, 27. Uh, next following season, 21, wait, 21, 22. Uh, yeah, 21, 22. The following season again got 31 goals. This time he got 16 assists. That's so he's had two seasons where he's had 31 goals, uh, 44, 31, 31. Then the season after, he got 30 goals and 16 assists. It, that was so, last season. That was the last season. Yeah, because he got 19 he's had four in the league. seasons so far consistently 30 goals. above 30, 30 or above. Do I think this season he's going to get above thirty-one goal, uh, above thirty goals again? Well, currently he's sitting on twelve goals in seventeen games, so it's certainly looking likely. Will he get above thirty-seven goals, which was what he got in the was it the eighteen nineteen season? Seventeen eighteen. Seventeen eighteen season. No, seventeen eighteen season was the forty-four goals. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I thought you meant... yeah, nineteen twenty season. Salah is two Premier League goals away from overtaking Michael Owen to go into the top 10 Premier League goal scorers of all time. You get that against City, mate. <laughs> it's you outrageous. Know, he's, he's known to have scored against them in the past. Um, famous Champions League nights and those kind of things. So, Luke, have a look um, into this for me. How far is he off getting into the top five Premier League goal scorers of all time? Yeah, Luke, have a look at the stats and we'll carry on talking. But Mo yeah. Salah, mate, he is, uh, for me... Luis Suarez, and I'll, I'll always stand by this in terms of the greatest, bless you, the greatest you. player in terms of like entertainment. You know, yeah, there will never be a better player than him. But um, impact at the club and just how clinical and how flipping consistent a man can be over five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, hopefully years. There's not been an, a, a most salary in my lifetime, quite frankly. So he is the greatest. Um, speaking of great forwards, mate. Diogo Jota scores in the 74th minute. And I think as um, Luke says, and rightfully so, can we discuss how underrated Jota is going about this season, bagging goals on the downward? That was his eighth goal this season, mate. I didn't even realise until I checked his stats. He scored eight goals this season. And he, Luke's right, mate. It seems like he's doing it on a down low. And for whatever reason, not many people are talking about him. It's all Salah and Nunes, which is all great. They're both unreal players. But Diogo seems a bit, for me, under the radar. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's got four in the Premier this season. He's got eight in total. It's it's very interesting, um, his season at the moment, because he's not a guaranteed starter. Um, oh, we'll come to that stat as uh, Luke yeah, just put we'll in a second. That, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's not a guaranteed starter at the moment. But the way that he linked up with Salah and Nunes today, his defensive work, which has always been my question, uh, his overall game was really good. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, listen, I'd start him against City every day of the week. I think he looks lethal in front of the goal. I think he's hard to take out the lineup when he's scoring the goals the way he is. And I mean, he's his, oh, he's our second top goal scorer this season. I feel like he's had the least amount of minutes out of the front three. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the finish was just Diogo Jot for me in a nutshell. That's what he does. If you want any of the forwards in that situation, I know I said Salah is probably the most clinical. I do think Jota 
in terms of natural finishing, it's probably oops, I don't know what I've done there. Bear <laughs> me one moment. Um, Diogo is probably the best in terms of natural finishing, he, yeah, without um, in, in the squad. Just on the back of that stat that Luke has put in, he says that Salah has 149 Premier League goals, and fifth is Aguero with 184, which means. Salah is 35 goals away from getting into the top five, which means, Mike, unless he does something that's never been seen before and scores another 35 goals this season, <laughs> that extension's probably going to be needed unless he goes <laughs> on a free, which I don't think anybody would want the following year. Um, but if Two he stays years. another year minimum, yeah, he'll he can 100% get that. Get that. So, yeah, I mean, you think that's another... I think he gets another 15 prem goals this season. I think he probably ends up behind 20s and then... Yeah, another 15, 20 the following season. He's right there. That's fantastic. That's that incredible. Could be the motivation he needs because we know how, like, he's not egotistical. Well, he might be to some extent, but he's so obsessed with records and getting into, like, cementing himself in history and all these things. And he's certainly doing it. Exactly. So I don't think he's finished yet. I don't think he, in his head, I think, yeah, the money in Saudi, and I've said this so many times, it's great, but yeah. it's not going to go anywhere. He could go there at 35, 36, and they'll still pay him a bag. I'm quite shocked Aguero's that high up on the list. Like, I listen, I knew he was there number. for about 10 years, though, wasn't he? What, yeah, he suppose, came in 2011, huh? I think, left a couple of years ago. So, what would that, yeah, about a decade, yeah. Yeah, my word. I knew he was a lethal goal scorer. I just didn't realize just how many goals he had scored. So, that's, I mean, that's incredible. But as we move, let's talk about the skipper, mate. We've not spoken on him yet. And no. I know Salah got two goals, but for me today, he was my man in the match, the captain. Um, he was absolutely sublime. And I don't have any qualms with Salah getting man in a match. You know, you get two goals, you deserve it. You know, you've done your job. Yeah. But I think centre-backs, when attackers are doing well, maybe get forgotten about. But I honestly, I've held back from saying it, saying it, saying it, because I don't just want to say Virgil's back to his best after like one or two good performances. I always said I wanted to see it week in, week out. I want to see the Virgil, which makes me feel like we're invincible. And today, Mike, and in other games this season, I have been seeing it. I've seen a drastic improvement on Virgil from last season. And I don't know if that's to do with the midfield being revitalised um, or whatever, yeah, or if it's just a coincidence. I don't know. But Virgil at the minute, mate, I'm still not saying he's as good as 80-19 because I think it would be impossible for him to be that good um, given his injury and his age and all of that. But what I will say and what I did say on Twitter, there is not a centre-back on this planet that comes close to him, from my opinion. Yeah, no, listen, I, I won't say he's back to his best until I see him do it against City, uh, to be frank. I I think it's one thing to put in a great defensive performance when you're at home on the front foot against a mid-table, solid mid-table team. Uh, it's another thing to do it away at the toughest team on the planet. So mm. go do it there. Uh I, that's what it is. I, I can't fall into the the, the that side of things for me. I, I really, really can't. Um, I think, listen, I, this is the best he's looked since he's be, been injured. Uh, since coming back from the injury, it's the best he's looked. He looks solid. I disagree. Looks I still think the season went for the quad. He was better. I... I, I think I think maybe reason, I don't know actually. It's different. I don't know. It? I think the season we went for the quad, he he was obviously obviously he was he was good, you know. I love how we still say it went for the quad when it was just the season went we did for the, the quad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the season we did the double. It sounds <laughs> bad, doesn't it? It does sound better. Um I feel like that season was more so on midfield having one last triumphant season as Hurrah. that 
the last, yeah, one last great Fabinho, one last great Henderson kind of thing. Um, I'm not taking into revisionism. They were great that season. Uh, like I'm not buying into it. Um, I seen someone the other day trying to say the only reason we did anything that season was the front three, nothing to do with the rest of the team, and I, I, I couldn't, can't engage with it. Um, but yeah, man, it's. I want to see him do it against City. I want to see him do it against Arsenal. Go do it in those games. I couldn't really judge it on the Spurs game because of what happened, uh, although he was very good in that game. I couldn't really judge it uh, on the Chelsea away first game of the season because it was the first game of the season, but he was very good in that game. Um, mm. So I, I just need to see it against the bigger sides. Do it against the bigger sides. Christ, do it against United. They're not the biggest side on the planet anymore, but do it against United. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm all with you. But I just won't buy into it just yet. It's, you know what I mean? The striker scores two goals against Brentford, for example, but can't hit a barn door against a city. It doesn't mean too much, does it? You go, oh, stat padding. It's the same for a centre-back for me. I think if you're at home and you play well, which is great, it's one thing, but go play well away at the toughest ground. I agree. I completely agree with what you're saying. And normally I, I would, you know, 100% agree and not have a caveat to that. But what I will say is when you look at, you know, how we did perform as a team last season and how often players from like Leeds United, for example, were getting in and behind and often leaving Virgil and other centre-backs. And then you compare that to now, it, it, it does seem it's chalk and cheese to me. And I'm not saying that. that there's so many reasons. Yeah, there's so many reasons as to why that was. And it, again, it, it wasn't all his fault. But I think he's now sort of looked back at last season and thought, I'm Virgil van Dijk. And now I'm the captain of this football club. If I'm not performing at my best, or you know, you know, what I mean, yeah. we said his best was eighteen nineteen. Then how can he expect uh, the new guys to perform at their best, or um, his centre back partner to perform at his best? You know what I mean. So I just feel like people say, "Oh, giving him the armband for me hasn't really changed too much because he was essentially the captain anyway." But I think it has because he's now officially the captain. He will be the first person. In- He will be the first person um, where if we drop points or if we concede a goal, he will be the first person that they look at. Um, yeah, I agree so, with you. Listen, I think since yeah. getting the armband, he's stepped up. I don't I don't disagree yeah. with that. I think we... I Listen, I love Van Dijk. I think he's the best centre-back we've had in... Since the likes of Hansen and all that, and arguably yeah. one of the best, if not the best centre-back we've ever had. Um, it's just now a matter of, will he do it against the City? Will he do it against an Arsenal? That's all I want to see. Um, yeah. oh, of course. that's that's Absolutely. all it is, and that's that's more so in the same way. I won't talk about the title until December. I, I'm just it's weird, we're the same, mate. Eh? I'm 25 or 26, you know what I mean? But so we've seen the same things, I guess. I just I digested it differently to the point where it's like when it comes to a title race, I don't judge a title race. And the title people talk about Spurs, Arsenal, City, Liverpool being the title race. The title race isn't even doesn't even start. Until mid December, when it does start, it will be City and Liverpool, potentially Arsenal. There's no Tottenham. There never was a Tottenham. I tried to tell people there was a Tottenham. Tottenham had been absolutely shafted by injuries. When they had their starting eleven out, they were playing better football than anyone in the league. Be aware. Come on, you're you're. That doesn't mean they're in a title race. No, it doesn't. City used to play brilliant football. (laughs) They were. They. I never said they were in the title race. I said they were playing the best football in the league, or they have done in the past, and they've never been in a title race. Why do you? Last season, Brighton Brighton played the best football in the Premier League last season. I'm not doing this with you, man. <laughs> Wait, get Patrick saying, back on. Get Patrick back on. I, Talk to him I, about I, it. I, <laughs> I can't take Tottenham seriously. Never have been able to. And 
you know, the table is going to take care of itself. Um, Luke says another interesting stat is Salah is joint 19th with 63 Premier League assists in the all-time stats, which is mad. That is quite mad. And Gerard is 8th with 92. So 92, take away 63. What's the maths? 29. 29. There you go. So I I don't know if he'll get 29 assists because he's not really an assist king, is he? But... um, (laughs) I don't know, yeah, man. We'll he gets, see, gets we'll on see. average. Gets he, judging by his stats before he gets on average about ten assists, ten assists yeah. a prem season. So maybe three more seasons. You never know. Um, but I do want to bring this up just before we finish because this is going to rattle you. But I'm going to say it anyway. Please just keep your thoughts to yourself until I finish my monologue, okay? And then you sure. can go. I know where you're going. Go for it. So <laughs> this is what the league table is looking like, guys. After twelve games, uh, and. I am not saying we're going to win the league. I'm not saying this means, um, you know, this is it. This is just in City. I'm not saying that. I think Arsenal could be in there potentially as well. What I am saying is we are going into the third, I believe, international break. One point off the top with Manchester City as our next game away from home. Our record at Lietzad in the Premier League isn't great. It's not. It has to be said. Champions League will beat him. We'll beat him in the Premier League. I think maybe the only time being Klopp's first time when it was Firmino and Coutinho just absolutely destroying them. Um, what a, what a game that was. But our record at the Etihad isn't great. Therefore, after the break, if we go to the Etihad, we beat Man City. We will be top of the league. That's a fact. And again, it will only be 13 games. And I'm not saying this means that the title's coming to Liverpool. What I am saying is you've gone and done something that you haven't really done before in the last few years. You've gone to the top of the league. You've got a very, very, very good strong position there because we saw today, Chelsea, if you go at this Man City team, and I know they were away from home, City, but if you go at this City defence, they're not as good as people make out. Vardy will cost the best part of 100 million. He didn't look like that today. So I have belief and... and I completely understand people that don't want to talk about title races 12 games and that's fine. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying we're going to win the league. I've always said this season, top four, couple trophies. That's a good season for me on the back of last season. What I am saying, Mike, is whilst Liverpool are there or thereabouts, you would be foolish to think we don't have a chance at least. Like, we've got a chance. We, If we beat City, would you come here and say, actually, not... Again, it will only be 13 games, so I'm not expecting you to ch- completely change your tune. But would you be sat there thinking, okay, we're on to something now? I would I would sit here if we beat Manchester City at the Etihad. I would say we're in a very good position to do to go on and do something. That's why I'd say we're in a very good position. Of course, you'd be in a very good position. You just beat the Premier League champions and you'd be top of the table. So, of course, we'd be in a very good position. I also look at the fact that Arsenal's next game is Brentford away. They could also be top of the table if they blow Brentford away by a couple of goals. They're level on points with us. They're not way behind us. They're level on points. Spurs, I'm not sure who Spurs have in the next game. Spurs win the next game. Matter, lose. Run with me. All right. Are you let, I'll let you go <laughs> on your... All right. So let's say Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal win the next game. To, to me, it doesn't change very much because City can 100% go on a 15-game winning run. We've seen it happen a million times. It would all it would mean is we're level on points with Arsenal. Spurs are a point behind us. City are two points behind us at that point. It's a better position to be in, but it's I I can't say 
anything until the Christmas period gets underway and we're about midway through it. That's when I'll start having a real opinion because that's when you see who's really in the title race because that's when squads are truly challenged. And if you look at our squad today, for example, our bench told me enough. We have a lot of injuries at the moment, don't doubt it. If we're unlucky and some of them injuries persist, we're in a very tight spot. Spurs have been very Spurs have been very unlucky with injuries. Let's make that clear. You know, they don't argue it. I'm saying that Spurs have also been very unlucky with injuries. They went into Wolves away, missing their two main centre-backs and a creative midfielder. Arsenal have skated by with a couple of injuries, but they're currently missing their two strikers, their right-back and, and their number six, or one of their number sixes. So they're missing FFU too. We've, for the most part, been fine, except for the last two games where things have started picking up with, you know, Jones, McAllister, uh, you know, Thiago, Bajatic, and, you know, Gomez, Canate. So it's it's a little bit of looks needed for us to be in that race. City are going to be in that race no matter what. So don't get me wrong, I'll take a win over City, of course I would. I think the most realistic result we're going to get is a draw. Taking out City at the Etihad are a different kettle of fish. You can argue that the refs are on their side if you want, but I I think that they're, they're a very difficult team to play away at when you're a big side. So, yeah, no, I, listen, I 100% agree with what you're saying, but I guess the reason why I'm taking it to the other extreme now is because after Luton, mate, I'm not saying for you, from you, but everyone had sort of thrown the towel and thought, yeah, I told you like it would yeah. only be challenging for the top four. I told you we're not ready yet. Well, if this is a team that's not ready yet, eight wins, three draws, one defeat, one point behind City with City to play as their next game, second in the table, then. I, I that's all I need to know. If this is a team that's not ready yet, I know how good this team's going to be because their potential is there. You know, the the senior players are there. There's going to be more signings coming in. It's all good for me. Like even if we don't win the league this season, I'm not putting the pressure on this team to go and win the league this season. I didn't think we would. I said at the start of the season we'll finish third. Um, I'm changing that. I think we'll finish second minimum now. I've looked at Arsenal. I've looked at Tottenham, and they're the only Lesbrough, They're the only other two teams that have. Bit, Villa yep. as well, obviously, but I think Villa, Villa will, will drop off. Tail off. Yeah. yeah. Villa um, are awful away from home. That's where they're going to fall off. <clears throat> I, just, I, I just will always say, as long as Liverpool are in touching distance, you would be foolish to... And I'm not saying you are. I'm not no, going no. to say we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. But I you know would be you silly mean, to think that we don't have a chance. Listen, the looting game happened. I think the thing is, the looting game shown me what I've thought already. And what I think a few people thought already, which is there are things in this squad that we are lacking uh, in terms of, not just in terms of missing players, but in terms of the players we have learning and adapting. And I said that in the last pod after the Luton game. This is a learning curve for the players. Luton was a learning curve for the players. Toulouse was a learning curve for the players. I'm glad that performance happened in the Europa League and not the Champions League or the Premier League because we had that performance coming. Make it clear, we had that performance coming. That wasn't because we rotated the squad. That was a, a group of players that turned up to a location thinking, all right, we'll put in a five, six out of 10 and we'll be fine. Whether that was, you know, I think it was subconscious, of course, I don't think that was the intention, but that's what it looked like. Um, and you could tell on Klopp's face, he wasn't happy. People weren't putting in challenges. People weren't winning challenges. Seen an improvement today. People were putting in challenges. Yes, don't get me wrong. Not, not every single challenge hit. A couple of players really didn't impact the game in that respect, but the effort was there. The press was there which has been lacking. Luton, we didn't have a press. So to lose, we barely had a press. We had the press today. So 
I'm glad that the players are learning. I do think we've got another couple of learning curves coming. I just hope they don't come in big games. I hope it doesn't come against West Ham. I think the, I think the Carabao Cup is such an opportunity for us. Uh, I listen, every every trophy's a trophy. Carabao Cup's a massive opportunity. You look at the teams left in it. The Newcastle are the biggest team in it next to us. So it's it's Newcastle and Everton, are the two big teams next to us left in that competition. And Chelsea, sorry. I was going to say Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I wasn't trying to throw shit. Actually, no, no, no. I didn't. I was like, my god, I didn't even mean that. But there you go. Um, and Chelsea, and I think. Listen, I think Newcastle Chelsea is a cup game. Interesting. I think. I just. I think it's such an opportunity to go through. I think the FA Cup will probably be the same, um, as long as we're a little bit kind with the draw, a little bit kind with the draws. But that's what we need this season. Don't get me wrong. I'd love a prem title. Of course, I would. I'd love a prem charge. Of course, I would. But we also have the opportunity to go do another travel. You've got the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, and Europa League right there. I would, real. I, I would take that treble and third over a Premier League title this season. I'll, I'll say it. And I know nah, that's nah, no, nah. no, I know that's naive. But in terms of what to prioritize, let me make that clear because I've worded that wrong. In terms of what to prioritize, they are more likely. That's what I mean. Of course, I'd take a Prem title over anything. I know that. That's what I meant. Sorry. But in terms of realistically what we're able to challenge for... Yeah, you worded that terribly I, wrong. I worded that terribly and don't You made it that. sound like you'd rather win those three trophies yeah. in the Premier League. That's not what I meant. Let me... <laughs> I had to restructure that. I'm yeah, very yeah. tired. Uh, hopefully no one clips that. <laughs> I look very bad. <laughs> Put that straight on. Yeah, you finally post me on the, yeah. <laughs> the, the main page. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just... I feel like realistically we can go win... The Carabao Cup and Europa League, for example, do that double, finish third over resting our players in the cup games and just trying to prioritise the league. I don't think our squad's there for the league yet. We could play out our skin and do it. Of course we could. Christ, Leicester won the league. You know what I mean? Of course we can do that. I'm not saying we can't, but... You can't just put all your eggs into it because we know how tough it's going to be. So if we just throw all the other competitions and hope that we're going to go for the Premier League... And we've done that Premier before. League, we've done that um, before. Yeah, but I feel like the times in the past as well, we haven't... Like, people going about Klopp disrespecting the cup competitions. I do see there was an element of that because we know how Klopp hates the scheduling and congestion. So, obviously, around Christmas time, he's thrown games in the past. However, I don't feel like over the last few seasons, we've had a squad depth anywhere near as good as this. You know, those times where yeah. we'd have to use the likes of Cameron Brannigan in the cup games and Ben Baller. Woodburn and... Baller. Yeah. Um, ben Woodburn's from well, my city, you know. Ben Woodburn. I, I know a couple. Of, I, I know a couple of people that knew Ben Woodburn, or at least I, I knew he was people. Welsh. He's from Chester, mate. Oh, so or if just, he's not, or if he's not from he's Chester, he's, he's playing for Wales. Spent and... a, he spent a lot of time in Chester. I tell you that. But um, okay. yeah. Um, my point is, mate. I think now we have got the squad to go for all of them. Obviously, we've seen it before. We've gone for all of them. All right, well, two of them. Ben. So I think this season, we, Pull up we go for all of them. And we'll probably we'll win at least one of them minimum. We'll come out this season with one trophy. I can guarantee it. Come back to this stream, twelfth of the eleventh, twenty twenty three. We are winning a trophy this season. I've seen the script. Um, Luke says City away, Fulham home, Sheffield United away, Palace away, Man United home, Arsenal home. Our next six games, okay. All right, let's go through it. Let's go through it. So we'll go through this together, Ben. This is a good way to end the end the show, I think. Win, okay, win. You better mm. pipe down. City away, right? Well, you, you say what you think. I'll say what I think, all right? Okay. And then try and keep score of the amount of points you, you collect. Okay. Three, okay? two, one. City. Two. 
I think draw. Both think one. Fulham at home, win. Win, yeah. yeah. Sheffield United away. Win. I say draw. I think that's what win. we'll do. I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm saying that's what I think we'll do. I think we'll draw. Palace away. Okay. Win. Draw. United at home, win. Draw. Win. Easy. Easiest <laughs> yeah, win, win of the season. Arsenal at home, win. Draw. You think okay. we're going to draw to Palace and Sheffield United, but then beat yeah. Arsenal? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's the most Liverpool thing to do on the planet, yes. Okay. I'll so say, what I'll... say for City? A draw? So I'd say draw for City, win at, full, uh, win at home to Fulham because we're at Anfield, draw so away to Sheffield four, United because it's five. like two days after uh, two days after Europa League game. Uh, that's away. That's away. Draw at Palace because Palace is an absolute dome and I'm pretty sure that's Monday Night Football. United at home win uh, because it's United. Arsenal at home win. In between that, we've got the West Ham Carabao Cup game. I think that'll be a win as well. I think that's a very important week for our season. 12 points out of 18. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying 12 I points. I think that would be disastrous from those fixtures, to be honest. No. But I think, I think we'll... Honestly, the only two I'm concerned about there is City and Arsenal. I have to be real. But Arsenal, I remember even last season. Was it last season? Was it home? It was 2-0 down and we came back to 2-2. Two, two, two. Yeah, Xhaka made yeah. the tackle and the crowd got on side. Exactly. In a crap season when we was at our worst. I think if Arteta comes to Anfield this season, it's dripping weeks and weeks ahead, I understand. If he comes and tries any of that nonsense this time, mate, trust me, it's going to be... It's gonna it's gonna be bleak for him. That's for real. Yep. Um, I do know some of these games are gonna be uh, within three or four days of each other. I completely understand that, so it obviously makes it significantly harder. I think Arsenal is Arsenal Christmas Eve. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure the week goes United on the su- United on the Saturday, West Ham on the Tuesday, Arsenal on the Saturday. I'm pretty so sure that's how it goes. On that week, we play United on the seventeenth at home, four thirty. Yeah. Oh, we've got West Ham in the quarterfinal. Yeah, this is the West Ham game I'm on about. That week is crucial to our season. So it's Sunday, Ooh. Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. I don't like United. that. Three home games. I I don't like that quarterfinal being wedged between those games. And then we've got Burnley away on Boxing Day, which is, that's another story. But um, <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 17th United, 20th West Ham, uh, Arsenal 23rd, so not Christmas Eve, it's 23rd. Look, we go strong against United. I think we have no choice but to then play the cup team against West Ham. I'd like to have gone a bit stronger because it's the quarterfinal. You're one game away from the semi-final, which means you're two games away from Wembley. But come on, we have to prioritise Man United and Arsenal over that game. What so, time's the kickoff for all the games? Is it 4.30, so 8 o'clock? Yeah, it's 4.30 Man United, 8 o'clock West Ham, half five Arsenal. All right, I'll um, tell you what I reckon's going to happen. You're going to see you're gonna see Salah play three games straight. Really think that. I think you're going to see Sobosly and McAllister also play three games straight. That's what I think. Also, shout out Ethan, bro, listening from the States, man. That's a really lovely message that he just Yeah, shout out Ethan. Uh, we'll get you caught up in a set, bro. Um, yeah. I, Crucial week. The, the good thing is, like, if we get through that period with wins and do even better than what we're giving the team credit for, yeah. then you really are starting to think, okay, this is it now. It could all fall apart. It could all go to plan and we could be on the other end of looking at an incredible season. Who knows? But as Klopp always says, the captain will always say, it's just one game at a time. One game and at the time. next game, 
matters is after the international break, which is absolutely crap. And again, we could do a whole podcast on this. Half past 12, City away after an international break is just ludicrous. Um, let me get Ethan's comment up before we check out. He says, just wanted to say, I'm living in the States and having to rely on social media for info. You guys do a great job at keeping people like me up to date. And you're one of the most reliable pages to follow. Massively appreciate that, mate. Um, thank you. There's a there's a whole team of us that, you know, work full-time jobs, do uni. It's not always easy to get the news out there straight away. Um, but there's at least three, four, five of us doing it. So I massively appreciate that. Mike is now on the team as well. So um, yes, Mike is one of those guys. But yeah, we really do appreciate it. Um, even before I was part of T18, any, I just came on to do the podcast about a year and a half ago now. I was, again, just a, a normal follower of T18. I had my notifications on, I still have my notifications on. Um, and yeah, I agreed. It was only on about 50k at the time as well. The growth has just been insane over the last Not year, so, yeah. two years. Um, but yeah, I always fought it, mate, to be honest. So it's glad to get, I'm glad to get those sort of comments from you guys because, you know, sometimes it feels like, you know, this whole thing is just nuts. Like I said, around a full-time job, but yeah. comments like that really do make it worth it, mate. So um, we appreciate that. Any final words, Mike, to say? Are you going to say we were going to win the league before we finish? Or... Oh, do you want me to slide that in real quick? All right. I- I'll end it with this. I think the season's going to be defined in the next month. I agree. I completely agree. Completely Great. agree. Um, we've got players coming back as well. Which yep. is the main thing. Obviously, we've had a couple of injuries. Um, a couple of players have been out of the squad today, but apparently they're all going to be back after the break, which is good. Yeah, Jones, this time to get Gravenberch to come back. Jones, Gravenberch, McCallum still be back from his suspension. Yeah. Um, Huge boost. So, yeah, exactly. And um, we'll see where we are. But guys, it's been a great one. Time has flown. That's when you know it's always been a good one. Uh, Mike, pleasure speaking to you as always. Um, we're probably going to try and do something. I've got in mind over the international break, I want to do like a season so far um, sort of thing with a few of the guys maybe. And then yeah. I also want to get a draft game in as well because I love doing those. Um, so keep around guys. Make sure you turn the notifications on, subscribe to the channel. Uh, keep active on our Twitter and yes, uh, see you in the next podcast. Take care. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.